Tuesday the 10th of October 2017. Today started well with the children all eating a good breakfast and ready to go and start their day's study. We had our usual start of prayers and Bible reading and then Mass, after which we did English. We read some poetry and the children were given a list of suggestions to inspire them to write their own poetry. Johnny loves this and can't wait to start, but Rosie is not so keen. But overall, it was fun. Writing one's own poetry and stories is a much more enjoyable way to learn English than pages and pages of grammar. The grammar comes naturally to them. We do, of course, do a lot of grammar, but we do not allow it to dominate and swamp us. I want the children to be creative and artistic and visionary about their own work. We worked very hard last year on parts of speech and comprehension, and they understood the importance of fluency in order to be understood. Since they have been homeschooled, their punctuation has become very good, and it was very poor before. We work on that area by encouraging them to be more aware of it when they are reading, and just for fun, sometimes they read the punctuation marks out loud, as well as the words. After a good morning's academic work, we did some art, which was really about angles. I gave them some graph papers to draw angular pattern, which they then coloured in. I asked them to think of all the angles that they see around them every day and be inspired by them. The results were good, with Jonty doing a very good mountain scene. Interesting, as we hardly ever see mountains, but, however, the result was very good. Rosie stuck to angular patterns and did a very pleasing, colourful picture. The rest of the afternoon was spent planting bulbs to the soft clucking of the hens a few feet away. They are newly rescued hens, which provide us with our ethical eggs, as David calls them. These hens will be dead by now and are now leading a happy, free-range life. We are all vegetarians except for David, who is a vegan, and we object to the way that eggs are usually produced. The way even free-range eggs are produced is a disgrace. And David and I recently looked at a lot of films and documentaries about how our food is produced. The result was David becoming a vegan. We want to live our lives in full cooperation of all other living beings and things both flora and fauna because we believe that the human race has gone badly wrong and we're now on a collision course to the complete demise of planet Earth as we know it, and as God intended it to be. This can only be prevented if every living being plays his part. Become the new Adams. It will not be easy, but it's possible, so let's do it. We're great recyclers, and for some time now, I've had a dilemma. We are asked not to recycle tins that have the remains of food in them, like, for instance, baked bean tins. We're told that we should rinse them out before we put them into the recycle bin. But should we be using our good clean water in this way? So many countries find it difficult to find any clean water at all. At the moment, I keep a bowl of, or bucket of ex-washing up water in the scullery and swish the tins or cartons around in this before I recycle it. You can, of course, just rinse the tins or jars out in the washing up water at the end of the washing up process if it works better that way. The water can be thrown onto the garden to water the plants in the evening and it has been used twice. At the moment, it is the best, less wasteful way of dealing with the problem and works quite well for us. By the way, 
There were two more baby fish born last night. They're the tiniest little fish I've ever seen. It is miraculous that within their tiny, tiny bodies, there is room for heart and full digestive system and all the other body parts necessary for survival. God is truly wonderful. David brought home this afternoon, after he had finished work, a fish birthing net. It is a square container made of gauze and sits at the top of the tank. Since the fish usually, according to the experts, go to the top of the tank to give birth to these tiny specks of life that appear to be all tail, the process apparently is when the fish is about to give birth, you gently transfer it using a small net into the birthing net. The mother and babies are therefore safe from predators. But, I asked, how do we tell when a fish is about to give birth? Ah, well, said David, that's the problem. It seemed a tricky solution to me. The outcome is we have all been on fish watch today. One confused fish, who looked a possible about to become new mother, was transferred by David to no avail. It would be nice to say these little things. Apparently the man at the aquarium shop said that they generally give birth to about 30 at a time. Sadly, the first birthing that we had, we only saw one fish in the morning and the fish that we saw yesterday, they were only two. They apparently mistake it as food when it happens and few survive. As I was walking back up from the chickens this afternoon, the house looked wonderful with its autumn covering of Virginia creeper. As you look at it from the back, the colours are spectacular. The left-hand side is turning to a bronzy orange with some green still. The colour would turn to a deep orangey red eventually. The right-hand side is a light pinkish hue amongst what remains of its green leaves, but will turn to a brilliant blazing scarlet which catches the sunset's fiery glow and lights up the house in a spectacularly dramatic way. I lingered for a while on the terrace while the dust closed in and the bats came out, swooping up and down over the steps and the big herbaceous borders. Time for supper and the gathering together of our family. I can hear Marshall's voice. He is home and David's car has just drawn into the drive.